Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. You know, folks, it was a pretty awful Saturday in Philadelphia. It was unseasonably warm, uh, which is a little disturbing, but it was nice. But, you know, despite the the great weather, the Union lost a heartbreaker to the L.A. football club. Just a heartbreaker. Oh, that stunk. And then the Houston Astros defeated my beloved Philadelphia Phillies in Game 6 to clinch the World Series. And that stunk. And, you know, it's, it's a bummer because I did not believe in this Phillies team. And then as soon as they started to believe, they, of course, ripped my heart out. But that's how it goes in Philadelphia. But at least, at least we finished on a positive note. Because that guy finished eating a rotisserie chicken for the 40th straight day. (laughs) That is the best. Honestly, the only other story that I see, like, contending with that over the last, like, couple years in terms of, like, just internet, random internet fame... Um, is the guy who, what, what was it? He had like, he had to stay in waffle house for like a full day and for every waffle he ate, he'd like shaved an hour off or whatever. Like this and that story are like, (laughs) I think I missed this one. Oh, you never heard of that one? No, I don't know the waffle house guy. You're up on the waffle house news and I I, I don't know. So I think this is like a year or two ago. This dude lost his fantasy football league. And so the penalty was you have to spend 24 hours in Waffle House. And for every for, for every waffle you eat, you shave off an hour. And so I think he ate like 11 waffles. <laughs> 11 waffles or something. And he was just like, he live tweeted the whole thing. Are we talking like big, are we talking like big Belgian boys? Oh, these are like big waffles. Yeah, like the full ass. Yeah, huge waffles. I think I, I think I would be out of that place. I think I could shave off. 15 hours dude i don't i can house so. 15 waffles i'm telling you now. i don't th- i fucking love waffles. i do too but I steve do these wa- <laughs> these waffles are next level they're like huge i would have Quicks? i would have three and i'd be fucked up i can do this i'm telling you i i i would be out of there in no time okay i would barely be in i wouldn't even get to finish a book yeah <laughs> You know what? I wouldn't put it past you at all. You, I could see you pounding some. I models. couldn't. I, I wouldn't be able to finish the Lord of the Rings trilogy on film extended editions in there because I'd be out of there so quick. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I fucking love waffles. What, what are your thoughts on um, uh, Ego waffles? They're fine sometimes. Like they're really like clutch when you're exceptionally lazy and they're also a nice ice cream treat sometimes to throw some uh, ice cream on a waffle uh but you know i i mean if i have the choice i make it a huge fluffy belgian waffle any day of the week right yeah i'll say that okay so this might be a controversial opinion right here um you know how they have like those little waffle maker machines and like hotels Oh, do I ever? It's delight I f- to use those for me. I fucking hate those. Oh, well, they're messy as hell, but they make such a great product. I don't See, care. that's the thing. I don't think those waffles are that good. Oh, you're a liar. I swear to God. I don't know why I think that, but like whenever I have that, I'm just like... Do you prefer Eggo waffles over a, uh, a, a fresh Belgian waffle? Yeah. Well, well, okay, no. No, I don't. But I prefer Eggo waffles over... Fucking 
best Western Belgian waffles. No, I actually enjoy the <laughs> the complimentary international breakfast. Yeah. Everybody does. I waffle. feel like the only person who doesn't like the hotel waffles. I, you know, give me a hotel waffle right now. I, I, oh man, I haven't dusted off the waffle maker in a while and you're really making me want to bust that out right now. So I'm thinking, I imagine you're waffle over pancake, correct? Not necessarily. Uh, I love both. I, I don't really know why there's a debate because they're both delicious. Put them in my belly. Yes. I'm, yeah, really. I mean, don't so me. I, I think I tend to go though. I think I tend to go waffle pancake because I think the best waffle is the best period. So like, I, I think I tend to go waffle pancake and then I think French toast is always number three for me, no matter what. Yeah. No, yeah, I actually agree with that. Yeah. I used to be like absolutely all the way pancake, but to the point you just brought up, like you can have like, like pancakes can be hit and miss. Sometimes they're really good and other times they're just shit. But waffles are nor- like no matter what kind of waffle you're having, even if it's one of those fucking best Western waffles, which you love, and I know whatever. But like, <laughs> even if you have that, it's like pretty good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's always What's great solid. about a waffle. It's got those ridges, right? It's got those little those little cups in it, yes. essentially, to catch all the syrup and butter yeah. and everything. And it's just it just holds it in so well. And it's it's just glorious. When I was in um, Stanford, Connecticut for the Olympics, the Winter Olympics back in like February, um, I my shift started at 11 p.m. And they started serving breakfast at like around that time because like that's like that's for for Beijing time. That's what it was breakfast. It was time for breakfast. So like um they served breakfast at like 11 p.m. or whatever. And every single time I went in, I went in a little early to have some breakfast. And I would get these just delightful waffles from the um, like cafeteria area. I would get the waffles. They had bacon. They had eggs. And it was all so good. And every day I would be sitting there eating my waffles and eggs and bacon. And like fucking Kenny Albert was like sitting like 15 feet away from me. Just like <laughs> chowing, dude. Like putting it down. I'm like, Kenny, you got to, I know Kenny Albert isn't his brother. I know it's not Marv Albert, but I'm just imagining him going like, is this breakfast delightful? Yes. (laughs) He loved some eggs and bacon. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, Kenny Albert. It was just like, I was like, and this is going to sound creepy, but I was like, there was one day where I was just like kind of watching him eat. And I was just like, look at this fucking guy. (laughs) Like, Is this prepping you for hockey broadcasting? Dude, apparently that's what got him through. <laughs> the eggs and bacon. The eggs, it the had eggs to be. Bacon. Maybe that's what he does for every game. Whenever he calls in, maybe he has eggs and bacon. I don't know. But like he fuck, he went to town, Steve. I don't know if you heard me right, son. When I say give me all of the eggs and bacon, I mean all of the eggs and bacon. <laughs> so I can finally say this now. Because... I now have a, a, I guess we're not technically in the most weird way co-workers now. I'm not the biggest Kenny Albert fan. He's fine. He, like, he's fine. But, like, he's... He's fine. He's, like, he should be the number two in everything he does. He's not a number one. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, I mean, that just kind of goes to show you just the lack of... Or maybe how stretched thin a lot of the broadcast talent is right now with yeah. all the different places that sports are broadcast so uh it it is a shame i mean i wish he was a little bit you know his brother might have his kinks but he's maybe the best basketball broadcaster of all time Yeah, it's amazing dude they need to just they just need sadly he's like the uh the wayne primo essentially of uh, maybe not the wayne primo but (laughs) if you like maybe the uh i'm trying to think of like a good secondary brother to really throw him out there as i don't know like, who's the last... I, I feel like there was a... Fil- oh, oh, I got this. He's the Seth Curry of the Albert family. Oh, uh, right? yeah. Where he's a fine player in his own right. Like, Seth Curry, a fine basketball player, a nice, like, three-shooting specialist. And you like to have him on your team, but he's not the star of your team. He's not Steph Curry. Right, yeah. No, no, not at all. Like, good. 
good, you know, good at what he does, but just like not, not a number one. Sorry. He ain't the star. He ain't the star no, of the show. And he shouldn't be ever. No. Never, ever. And I, again, I like him fine, but he's not, he shouldn't be the primary. You know who should be the primary guy? My boy, John Forsling. I love John Forsling. John Forsling's great, but he was, he was scooped up. By Seattle. the Kraken. Yeah. And, and I'm annoyed. I'm like, you know, dude, he should have been the national guy. He's so good. And he's a smart move by the Kraken there. Yeah. Their whole broadcast team's incredible. Like, they got everybody there. Um, yeah, they got Eddie Olchek. Yeah, I was going to say their their, pre- their whole presentation is like top notch because I was reading the other week that Jerry Bruckheimer is a, a part owner of that team and Jerry Bruckheimer is a pretty famous movie producer was a producer on like the Pirates of the Caribbean films and such and I, I think some of those like great mid-90s action movies I forget if it was Con Air or The Rock one of those I think he produced on but he is a part owner of the Kraken and he got he got Hans Zimmer who <laughs> does the score for you know all the Christopher Nolan movies yeah. like The Dark Knight and all that and he got Hans Zimmer to do the intro music for the Kraken when they come out on the ice like that's like they really have some top-notch shit I'm very partial to Hans Zimmer because for those of you who don't who don't know I'm like a massive Radiohead fan and they Hans Zimmer did a thing with Radiohead for Blue Planet and it was the coolest fucking thing they like did a version of uh, Radiohead song Bloom and like Hans Zimmer like did it with like an orchestra and it was like so fucking cool. So, all right, Steve, I have a question for you. If you were, okay. If you were in and out, like a play by play announcer, what would be, what do you think would be your, um, kind of calling card? Like what would, what would, Oh geez. Like what would be your thing that makes people be like, yep, that's Steve. <laughs> It would be me unprofessionally cursing too much. Oh, shit. <laughs> very. Oh, valid. he kicked his ass. Very, very valid. I think for me, it would just be constant. I like, think my sarcasm. I think I would be very sarcastic as a, a play-by-play guy. Like, I would really, because I'm a sarcastic guy, I think I would throw some really? sarcasm in there, and that might be my signature. Yes. I don't see it. Really? Wow. I don't see any sarcasm out of you, Steve. I've never been sarcastic. Never. I don't think so. I don't know why I said that like a robot. That came out really Yeah, that weird. was really weird. What the fuck happened to you? Are you Sarcastic okay? malfunction. Yes. Error. I feel like if I were announcer and announcer, I would be known for just like every time something cool happens in any sporting event, I my first instinct is to just heavy metal scream. So it's just like, wow, like that would be my thing. And I, I feel good. Wow. Sounded, I feel good. Like I feel good to me. Wow. Know that I would. <laughs> oh my god! Or, you know, I guess you. I guess that also could apply to like uh, Diamond David Lee Roth right there. No, Diamond Dave. Yeah. yeah, that's what. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is why I love Gus Johnson because he just goes like, "Wow, Gus Johnson!" Johnson! And I'm just like, "Dude, this is amazing!" Like. You know, I don't know how Gus Johnson gets the excitement level he brings every night. I'll tell you how, Steve. Lines of cocaine. That's the way you do it. <laughs> See, no Yuri Laterra? This is But, like, honestly... No, I, I love that... I love that Gus Johnson enthusiasm, and that's one of the things that annoys me about a lot of a lot of the broadcasting trends in recent years. Is I, I feel like, in an effort to be very professional, and I kind of blame Joe Buck a little bit for this. Yeah, a lot of the enthusiasm has kind of gone by the wayside, and that's what people really liked about you know Doc Emmerich, who yes. has since retired, and that's unfortunate. But Doc Emmerich brought that level of excitement every night. Like he was just like. He lost his mind. That man loved crazy hockey stuff. God forbid someone fucking hits the post. Like, he'll he'll lose his... He's like, hey, at the pipe with a shot! It's just like, oh my God. It, it, I get goosebumps every single time when it, whenever I hear one of those calls. The breakaway! He hits the post! <laughs> I think... All right. So, like, Gus Johnson, I think what I like about him is the fact not like and doc does this too um like in terms of like enthusiasm but like 
Gus Johnson's voice sounds like like he could call the X Games. Like I remember watching the X Games back when like everybody watched the X Games, like back in like 2006. Um and I remember watching like the big air and like Travis Pastrana landing like the double backflip on his dirt bike and everyone lost their fucking shit. And like I just remember the play by I don't even know if they're play by play, but like the announcers for the X Games were just screaming like, Oh my god! And I was like, dude, that is it's it's so fun when like the announcers are so enthusiastic and they're like truly like their minds are actually blown when something happens. And like don't get me wrong, like Joe Buck, he's gotten a lot better over the years, I think. He used to just suck. Like from the Randy Moss thing to just like That is just disgusting. Yeah, and then to Brian Mitchell, the return against the Buccaneers, and he's just like, Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell. And it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? But like I think he's gotten a little more like pizzazz over the years, but it's he's still like kind of boring. I just I want someone who's gonna be screaming. <laughs> I love. Oh yeah, I, I love, love it screamers. When are just Steve. losing their shit. You, well, that's why you love metal. Yeah, that's why you love metal because you love screamers. Yeah, I'm a big fan of screamers. Huge. <laughs> no, it's great. Like I, I really love when an announcer brings the enthusiasm to the moment that it deserves, and I, I feel like it doesn't happen enough these days. So when there is somebody who can bring it, it's it's a special feeling. Yeah, no, it is. It's very, yeah, it's definitely cool. But okay, so we just went on a it's very, cool, we just went on an unbelievably long tangent that was not on our. That's sheet. what we do. That's that's what fly probably is. At all. But I, I wanted to loop back around to a special moment for Philadelphia because we got. <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not give this the the attention it deserved. And this is the rotisserie chicken guy, the rotisserie chicken man. This is what <laughs> I tried to transition to into at the beginning and. Let me tell you, if you guys aren't familiar with this, and I'm sure everybody's heard about this by now, but just in case you haven't. So a few weeks ago, there was uh, somebody on Twitter found this flyer in South Philadelphia. I think it was uh, Mikey Ill, who's a, a longtime Philly Twitter guy, and he posted it. And it's this guy, this like bearded man, and he put up, uh, come to the pier behind the Walmart on <laughs> Sunday, November 6th, and watch me eat rotisserie chicken for the 40th straight day <laughs> this is not a party <laughs> That's what to just all of this is just it's just it's so bizarre <laughs> in the most philadelphia way possible yes. just completely bizarre he's got pictures of him eating the chicken on the flyer people found his twitter account billy penn interviewed him and it was just, I almost went down yesterday. And if my back wasn't bothering me, I might have gone down. And I was also a little worried that this was the origin story of the Joker or something. And he was going to blow <laughs> up the pier. Like, this is not a party. And then he's just doing like the whole, like, he comes in on like a parade float, like the 1989 Jack Nicholson Joker and just playing Prince. And then we all just uh, get gassed or something. But that didn't happen, thankfully. He did roll out a red carpet and have a table for himself. And at the end of all of it, he did a triumphant lap through the crowd playing streets of Philadelphia on a Bluetooth speaker while people cheered him on eating his 40th straight rotisserie chicken. When he like finished it, he looked like he just, I mean, he looked like he won the Super Bowl. He was like going nuts. And I think my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about this story is like, there's still no clear rhyme or reason why he did this, but like, no, he, so one of my favorite things is this quote. And someone basically said, why did you do this? And he says, quote, it just seemed right. I think the people of Philadelphia and maybe even the world would agree. <laughs> it just seemed right. It like, did. He, he just seemed like everybody got it. And on uh, uh, some sort of level, I got it because it is a bizarre stunt. It is a weird thing to do. I don't really understand why he did it. I don't understand why he was getting the plainest chicken possible every day. I frankly love a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And this guy at the end's like, I will never eat chicken again. I fucking hate chicken. Yeah, he, he said. He's like, I hate chicken. I wonder if, did he hate chicken before doing this? Or does he now That's what hate I want to know. This is an important question, right? Because I love chicken. And I 
feel like I could eat a rotisserie chicken every day and be pretty happy, but he's just like, and I, you know, I'm going to give it a little flavor and I'm going to eat some barbecue sauce, yeah. you know, have some hot sauce, get it in there. But he just eating this plain chicken for whatever reason. And I love that his wife was kind of like not understanding how this had blown up. It was just like, what? Out of nowhere. The fuck? She's just like, okay, okay, honey. Good job with the chicken. It's so funny seeing the photos of him eating the rotisserie chicken, like the days leading up to the 40th day. Like he posted all these photos. It just looks He's not even enjoying it. it. He's just no. miserable. And it's like, no. <laughs> like he's not having fun or enjoying himself. He's, he truly felt like he had to do this for some reason. <laughs> and he did it. That's the important he thing. He did it. He did it. He fucking did it. And so it looked like there was like a hundred people out there, which is pretty crazy on the pier behind the Walmart. Yeah. That's the funny thing too. I'm like the, I guess invitation or whatever it is. Like it's, yeah. it's funny. The flyer. It's the, a flyer, the flyer that he, I literally saw the flyer on Patsy Young Avenue on Sunday. Yeah. Like on the flyer, it looks like one of those things where it's just like Tuesday night. 11.30 p.m., come alone. Like, you know, like something like really, Oh yeah. you know what I mean? And he's just like, how many people showed up? Like hundreds of people showed up, didn't they? I think there was at least 100 to 200 people that showed yeah. up, which is wild to I me. I would have gone. I, and if I thought about it, but my back was hurting. And again, I was a little worried that it was the Joker's origin story, but it wasn't. And everybody seemed to have a great time and it was super weird. And... <laughs> If you're wondering if the pier, the abandoned pier behind the Walmart looks exactly like it sounds, you are correct. It does. <laughs> it does. It's 100%. It's exactly what it sounds like. And I also love how he says, by the Walmart. Like, is there only by one the Walmart? Wal- no, no, and that makes sense to me because there's only, like, one Walmart in South Philadelphia. Okay. There's really yeah. only like one Walmart in really there's only like a couple in Philadelphia and there's like two in the northeast. And okay, yeah. there's really only one in like Center City or South Philadelphia. And people listening to this in the city of Philadelphia pretty much know exactly which one he's talking about when he says the pier by the Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it, so it, funny. It basically it's like, like if he had said like near the Ikea and the big ship. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he said, if he was from Virginia, if he was in like Richmond doing this, like meet by the Walmart, I would have no fucking idea what he's talking about. Cause there's like 1000, <laughs> 10,000 of them. In Philadelphia, that makes a hundred percent sense. Like that is like, oh yeah, that, no, that checks out. I know exactly where he's talking about without even having yeah. to think about it hard. Meet by the yeah. abandoned pier by the Walmart. Phenomenal. I, I you know, <laughs> the city gets weirder every day and just another episode in weird Philadelphia. So kudos to the chicken man. And uh, yeah. Name a city <laughs> more magical. That? Name a city more magical than Philadelphia. Na- I, you can't. You, you simply cannot. You know, I, I the only thing that was disappointing was Philly Elmo didn't show up with his drum line. Oh, you know, my fucking God. Even better. That would have been. That would have been so good. I'm still enchanted from the time that drum line came down my street at the halftime of an Eagles game. I didn't Philly Elmo show up for, uh, yeah, when the Phillies um, went to the world's, I know he came out for that. Um, Philly almost been out for that. Philly Elmo was out on election day, 2020 when, when Trump for, or like two days after when Trump finally like, Oh yeah. you know, defeated, at least according to sound rational people. Right. And people were like out in the streets and Philly Elmo was there. <laughs> He's definitely there. He shows up whenever he needs to. He is the hero that we need. And uh, apparently the chicken man is also the hero we need to bring us out of our, our World Series and MLS Cup uh, depression. He needs to ring the bell for a Sixers game. Oh my God. That would be great. Which one? Philly Elmo or the, the chicken man? Oh, well, I mean, both, but definitely the chicken man. <laughs> Definitely the chicken. I just saw. Did you see the clip of of Anthony Gargano ringing the bell and the hammer slipped out of his hands? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Steve he was like trying to really wail on it. It just went flying. You know what I think? I think Rotisserie Chicken Man. I think he would listen to Fly Burbly. He might, but I don't know if he likes sports. He barely likes chicken. This is true. But if he listens to Fly Burbly, my guy. Come on by. Come on the show. You can record a live episode with me and we'll uh, not eat chicken. If you know the chicken man, tell him 
that a couple of really good guys named Ryan and Steve want to talk about chicken <laughs> on a podcast that has honestly close to seven figures of weekly listeners. Um, so, okay. So, sure, Jen. <laughs> so, let's get him on here. Let's get him the fame he deserves. I was just thinking right now of like. It's the hot ones challenge, but it's the opposite where we just eat rotisserie chickens while interviewing each other. That would be fun if he got on hot ones because he's like the chicken the man. mild ones challenge. Yeah. Like get him on, get someone contact Sean Evans from hot ones and get the chicken man. He's the most intriguing human being in the United States right now. It's true. Like there's no doubt. There's about so it. much mystery about this guy. And it's just so funny. I love it. It's so funny and it's just it's peak weird Philadelphia yeah. and I I love weird Philadelphia because it is the weirdest major city I think there is in maybe the world but definitely in the United States. <laughs> I think I am I think it's I think the world is pretty accurate honestly. It very well could be. It very well could be. I want to real real quick I want cuz you mentioned the Phillies um unfortunately you know, R.I.P.D. Um, but I saw a great video earlier of, for some reason, Ted Cruz just inserted himself into the World Series parade, and he was getting pelted with beers <laughs> earlier today. Oh, yes. Oh, that was... Oh. I'm very disappointed that that scum sucker didn't try to come to Philadelphia because he went to New York, and he got his asshole torn up by the people of the Bronx. They just tore him apart and it was glorious. I wish he had tried to fuck around in Philadelphia and found out and he didn't even bother because he knew he knew it would have happened. So, you know, but man, this asshole just put himself in the Houston Astros world series parade. It's not about you douchebag. And he got booed all throughout everyone. And he got a beer chucked at him. And like, man, you think about this. I've been to two parades, two major parades in uh, my lifetime for sports teams, okay? And beers have been casually underhand tossed at the players who've asked for it. <laughs> like somebody posted the uh, the video of Doug Peterson, Dougie P, uh, one hand in a beer and like uh, just shotgunning it immediately yeah. as soon as he got it at the Eagles parade a few years back, you know? And I remember Fletcher Cox going like, somebody give me a beer, somebody give me a beer, right. you know, people... People want them. I saw Ryan Howard catch it one-handed at the Phillies parade. You know, like, <laughs> I've never seen it full-fledged chucked at a guy. Chuck, yeah. And <laughs> his assistant, like, stepping in to, like, he's going to tell everybody he stopped an assassination attempt, you douchebag. Like, that was an overhand, like, It was a good bullet. throw, yeah, Good throw. Like, yeah. And then, like, fucking Ted Cruz, like, he dodged it like he... God, I fucking hate that fucking guy so much. He's the creepiest looking dude I hate on that the entire guy planet. Too. Like, I've never he seen anyone more He is a total creep. He's Reek from Game of Thrones because he just, you know, completely made himself somebody's bitch. Uh, you know, let's not... <laughs> well, you know what? On that note, I wanted to encourage everybody because this is coming out uh, presumably on Election Day, November 8th. Get out and vote. Huge election, guys. Huge goddamn midterm election. Please get out there and vote. Uh, desperately need all the votes. So please get out there and do your thing. Vote fly purbly for governor. No, vote Shapiro for the love of God. Vote fly purbly for governor. No, lieutenant governor maybe, but no, not <laughs> even that. Yeah, no, no take this absolutely. take this election I, I, so, serious. Like go out, vote, cast your vote. Um, yeah, do your thing. It's, uh... so, somebody at the Phillies game had a, like, Bryce Harper for governor sign. I was like, oh, God, no. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. People will I do love it. Bryce They'll Harper as a baseball player, but that is, that is just a baseball machine, okay? I don't want to see him do anything else. Nothing else. Not one other thing. Oh, my God. But, yeah, get out there and vote. Very important, guys. So, let's get into... We are talking about uh, one scummy guy trying to capitalize on something and let's talk about a scummy hockey organization who tried to capitalize last week and tried to pull an under the radar move and that would be the boston bruins who tried to sign mitchell miller and if you don't remember who mitchell mitchell miller is a couple years ago the arizona coyotes had drafted him and after they found out about his horrific prolonged bullying uh said oh 
maybe we shouldn't be associated with him and cut ties. And then the Bruins this year decided, you know what, enough time's passed. Maybe we can sneak him into the system. It very, it was a, a decision for sure. And a very bad one. And now I do want to say, Steve, you mentioned that um, the Bruins are a scummy organization. Um, I, I like as a Flyers fan, like you have to have like it's a, the Bruins and Flyers. It's a rivalry. Like it's, it was their first, you know, Stanley Cup, like the Flyers beat the Bruins to win their first cup. And um, so like the there's Bruins are the Flyers oldest rivals. Yeah. It's like the oldest rivalry that the Flyers have. Um, yeah. And that put aside, I do applaud a lot of the Bruins players for coming out and saying, fuck this. Oh, that was fantastic. And I'm not necessarily saying the whole organization is, but there's definitely Sweeney. some rot at the top here. Yeah. yeah, Sweeney, but also Jeremy Jacobs is a guy who we might have forgotten in the past few years is a, a little bit of a shithead. By a little bit, I mean a lot of bit of a shithead. And let's not forget about Jeremy Jacobs being the uh, shithead at the top of this uh, snake here. But yeah, Sweeney really clearly tried to get in here and pull a fast one and then make Cam Neely come out and uh, be the bad guy, give it, be the messenger to be shot over and over again. Right. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this is just like the fact that they tried to sneak this in there on a Friday, just like, Oh yeah, nobody's going to notice. Right. And the thing about Miller is, yeah, what he did was back in middle school. Right. So it's been a little bit, since everything happened Been a while. but this is one of these people that has just never shown remorse true remorse for what he's done he's not actually reached out to the victim yeah. personally to to offer his you know apologies his sincere apologies the family has said over and over again that miller has not reached out and this is just a clearly a case as other people that are associated with these just horrific NHL scandals that we keep seeing, unfortunately, uh, that has not reached out and learned any lessons and tried to change their ways. And the Bruins got dragged, raked over the coals for this one for justifiably. So, and even by their own players, like they were asking Bergeron, he's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, no Bergeron said it. Um, you can say what you will about Brad Marchand, but he came out and he was like, he said basically the same thing. Like our organization, like we have a culture here and like, you have to fit in and he does not Dude, fit in. I, you know what? Outside of like licking people on the ice and whatever he does on the ice, I've actually gained a lot of respect yeah. for Brad Marchand, the man in the past few years. He's a good dude. Because, like a legit good yeah, person. Like, everything with Jimmy Hayes son that he did last year that came out, yeah. that was awesome. And Calling certain people racists on the ice during the playoffs was great. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and now this, like, yeah, Marshan, my opinion of him off the ice is very, very much improved in recent years. He is a mighty, mighty bastard. But, like, you can't help but respect the the guy. You know what I mean? Like, we, like for all the reasons you just mentioned, he seems like a truly legit stand-up dude. For sure. And then, like... You know it's a bad idea when best friend of the show, Gary Bettman, he's not best friend of the show, that's Bill Clement, but friend Second of the show. Second best friend of the show. And it's just, a, it's just a, a handsome, generous man that has nothing but our, our top respect. I don't feel sick saying this at all. Tall. Uh, came out and was basically like, hey, very tall, very tall. But he, he basically came out and was like, hey, about that, fellas, maybe wait a minute because uh, he ain't eligible to play. Yeah, like it, the whole thing, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, why, why would you do this? Like, why him? What about him? Is that like, he wasn't even good. Like, when was he even drafted? Like, he wasn't drafted 111 or something like that. It was, it was pretty late in the draft. Like, it's just, it's really weird. I, I don't know why they decided to make this decision excuse me, make this decision. It's like, it, it. if this player was like a prodigy or something like that, then like you could, I mean, I still obviously wouldn't do it, but like 
then you could understand somewhat why we look at certain would... decisions made by the Montreal Canadiens in the past year or so, exactly. right? But the Canadians had drafted uh, Logan, I believe it's Mayu or Mayu, uh, but regardless, not somebody that they really should have even tried to go after, given his uh, essentially, you know, it's called defamation and offensive photography. But given the circumstances of his case, it's really a player that they should have stayed away from, but because... He's a talented hockey player. Of course, they're like, well, you know, you could say he changed his ways. And we've talked about other players where GMs have come out and tried to justify them changing their ways because they're talented at hockey. And this is the one time the NHL has really come out and said, no, 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 we're not dealing with this. This is too big of a black eye that we don't want to deal with this because what this guy did, I mean, what all these people, I wish they would draw the hard line with, all the people we've been talking about today, because there's so many disastrous PR campaigns that this is like a nice start. Sure. But you have to go purge a bunch more guys from the league right now, because there are so many guys who have done like scummy things that they just won't even address because of level of hockey talent or whatever. But you know, with Miller, given what he did, you know, just bullying that poor child, giving him the freaking lollipop from the urinal which is just a gross thing to even think about just just real scummy shit and again has not shown proper remorse for it has not done and i I love that the bruins came out with the explanation that they got new information that's come to light which is no they got a shit storm and the league called them up and said you shouldn't do this and their own player said you shouldn't do this yeah I, I again I, I'm happy like normally the NHL is just so dumb and they're the ones making the like all the wrong decisions. It's kind of nice to see them being like, hey, maybe like you know don't don't sign this guy. Um, maybe don't that's a step in the right direction. Maybe they're learning, which is which seems impossible because the NF- NHL never learns from its mistakes, but like maybe that's what's happening here. I don't know but um, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that w- what was supposed to happen happened. That yes, that kid is not going to be playing in the NHL likely ever. Um, and no one in the, like it, it seems like most people in the NHL, including the players themselves, don't even want anything to do with this kid. Yeah. As they should. Kid seems like a royal, royal sack of garbage. Yep. And my favorite part was Don Sweeney had picked him up at the airport and told him that he would be the one driving him back to the airport if anything went sideways. And, well, going back to the airport, going back to the airport. And yeah, that's get your car keys, Donnie. Yeah. (laughs) Buckle up, bud. You're you're going back to Nowheresville and you fucking suck. Oh, my God. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, 
We'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Well, somehow we've made this like 40 minutes in and haven't talked about the Philadelphia Flyers once. And sadly, love that. it is that time now. Fuck. It's that time. <laughs> Fuck. We have to talk about <laughs> our Philadelphia Flyers. And they had another, you know, I don't even know if you call it two steps forward, one step back, or just kind of a mixed bag week. But, you know, they came out of it with three points. They had a one nothing overtime loss to the New York Rangers, where they were outshot thirty six to nineteen. They had a five two loss to Toronto, where they were outshot outshot forty four to twenty five. Poor Felix Sandstrom, basically thrown to the wolves in that game. I feel so bad for him. I feel really bad for him too. And you know, people are going to give him shit, but he had to make thirty nine saves against one of the best offensive teams in the league. Like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen in that game? And then the Ottawa Senators, a two to one victory over Claude Giroux, who played his first ever game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And I, I love that Giroux just immediately came out and scored in that game. I I had bet on him to score a point, but I tied it into the Washington Capitals winning, and the Washington Capitals lost in the last minute to the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, so God. It was pretty funny. You hate to see <laughs> but, that. I mean, like, it seemed pretty obvious that Drew was going to score, and he scored within three minutes of that game. And it was his 300th goal. <laughs> like, Amazing. Just poetic, honestly. Like... Yeah. I I was really honestly like I was very actively rooting for the Senators that game. Like f- from now on like any team that or any time Giroux faces the Flyers I'm siding with Giroux. Like he deserved so much better than what he got here and I know there's a segment of the fan base that said strip the C. He's not a he's a bad captain. He's the reason we are where we are and I'm like you're all so you have brain worms, each of you. It's like he is a lot of brain worms. The amount of shit he did for this fucking city and for this team is ridiculous. He deserves to win. And I'm sad that they didn't beat the Flyers the other day. I really am. Like, I want nothing more than for Giroud to have a very successful, prosperous rest of his career in Ottawa. Um, I didn't. Yeah, and like I, I can't believe they didn't win that game because yet again, let's see what the I. It, so the Flyers outshot in that game, but not as drastically in the other two, thirty-four to twenty-eight. Carter Hart is just he's just too good. He's so far he's the this reason season. this team is even where it is right now. Like I wrote a story the other day, basically saying how Carter Hart is like he's he's single handedly making this team appear competent. A hundred percent is he's got a nine forty six save percentage. It's ridiculous. That's absurd. Yeah, especially at this point in the season, he should have nowhere near that. And it, it honestly makes me sad that you know now that we're not sad about Claude Giroux having to deal with this shit show of a team that they built around him. It makes me sad that Chuck Fletcher has built this terrible team for Carter Hart to be playing the best hockey of his young yes. career. Right? Yeah. Now I feel, but yeah, now I feel it's like Claude Giroux passed the, the baton of sorrow to, to Carter Hart. And it's like, <laughs> baton of sorrow. that's what it is. And it's just like, I feel so bad for Hart because he's putting his soul out every night and killing it. And the rest of the team's just standing there, digging their fingers in their ass. And I'm just like, burder, burder. what are we doing here? And so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's horrible. And, um, you know, at some point I hate, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, it's bound to happen that like Carter Hart's play is going to level out. He's going to get exhausted probably from having to make. Nobody can keep up a 946 no. save percentage. No, that, not even, that would be a goaltending record. If, there, there's yeah. no goaltender on the planet who can do that. If he continues this play, which he will will not, I would love if he did because it would be amazing. I, but that's not happening. I would love if he even kept it up at like a nine twenty clip because yeah. that's still a fantastic year in the NHL. Nine forty six is just absurd. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. And 
What Carter Hart's doing right now is, again, he's single-handedly making this team appear halfway decent, and they are just so bad. And at some point, it's all going to catch up. I mean, Carter Hart's going to start having a couple bad games. He might lose some confidence. I don't know. But, like, he, this is not sustainable, and it's good. the floor is going to cave it. It's just a matter of when. And I'm already sad for him. I'm yes. sad for when that cave-in happens. It's just, yeah, he's fucking God bless you, Carter Hart. You're doing everything you can, you know. <laughs> he's doing the best he can for just, it's, and it's not really necessarily even the fault of anyone on the team in particular. It's just their, their ceiling is so just low on this team talent wise that they're doing the best they can. They really can't just do much more than this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and plus they have so many injuries too. So it's like, I mean, sure. There's a Zach lot. McEwen, he's Zach McEwen. Good. Is he's good. He's tied been, for second on goals in this team. He, Zach McEwen's been fun. I, and this is another reason why, I hate, just another reason to hate the fucking um, uh, Delorier signing. Like, Zach McEwen is a fun player. Is he good no not really but like he's fun he's scoring goals and like sometimes zach mcewen just puts together shifts where he's just fucking everywhere and it's fun it's it's enjoyable to watch and he throws hands and he's got a mustache he does have a mustache and it's a glorious mustache it's very nicely done and i think he just he deserves like to me he deserves to be in the lineup every single night um and Again, he's not a player that really moves the needle in terms of play driving and all that, but um, he's fun. I mean, hey, he's putting the puck in the net right now. He is. He is. Now, is that, I don't know and how they sustainable. they need anybody who can do that right now. They need anybody. Yeah, I don't know how sustainable it is for him to keep doing it at this clip, but like, and it's not like he's going above and beyond. He's got like not a ton of goals, but like in the grand scheme. This is above and beyond for Zach McEwen. For him, yeah. But like, you know what? Like, if you look at his numbers, okay. If you look at his lifetime numbers, do you know offhand how many goals he had before this season lifetime? Uh, before this season, uh, yes, six. He had nine. Nine. Okay. And that's now more he has twelve. <laughs> his highest season, goal wise, was 2019-2020 with the Vancouver Canucks. He had five goals, one assist, six points. This season, he's got three goals, one assist, four points. Okay, so he's almost... And his his highest for points was last season. He had three goals, six assists, and nine points. Okay, so he's he's unprecedented clip for Zach McEwen to be putting up points. But you know what? As you're saying, he's a fun player to have out there. And when you're just trying to get crowds into the Wells Fargo Center right now, you need fun. Yeah. You need anybody who's an attraction and a guy with a crazy mustache and long hair who can pot a goal here and there and beat the shit out of guys is exactly what you need. Yeah. And like, that's like, yeah, like for a team that's just kind of going through a complete identity crisis right now. I mean, John Tortorella said a million times at this point, he has no idea what this team is. He's still trying to figure it out. A team in this situation going through this lack of identity period, um, it's fun to have a player like him in the lineup. So, like, especially when he's playing the way he is. And I, I'm not, this is not to say that he's, like, playing at an all-star level or some shit like that. He's not. He's never going to be an all-star player. But, like, right now... We he, all know what Zach McEwen is. No, nobody's, like, fooling themselves yeah. into thinking that he's an all-star. He's a borderline NHL player. But right now, he's playing like an NHL player. A fourth-line a fourth line NHL player, for what it's worth. But, like, still, he's playing like an NHL player, and it's fun. And, like, let's just roll it's with fun. it. It's fun. Let's roll with it. It's fun. I need anything fun this season. There's very little, like... Uh, again, they've outperformed what we expected to this point in the standings. Uh, they're not scoring goals and their defense is a mess. And we're going to get into this in a minute, just how messy that defense is right now. So any injection of fun, I will absolutely take. Yes. 100%. It's just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, a lot of room to have some more added fun on this team. There's not really much to be cheering about yeah. at the moment. And it's not just McEwen. It's like Kinectney's having a good season. Kevin Hayes is having a good season. Like there are a couple guys who are playing well 
Um, but like, God, in the grand scheme, there's just such a such a complete deficiency deficiency of fun on the team, and um, at least Zach McEwen is stepping up in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wherever you can get fun on this team, we will certainly take it. And one guy who is decidedly not having fun right now is our old pal Rasmus Ristolainen, and the man they call Risto, <laughs> and Risto just not having a good time right now. He's had injuries, and then he was actually a healthy scratch the other day. And this is a very interesting quote that Gianna Han put here from the Enquirer. This is from John Tortorella. Everything about his game needs to be better, John Tortorella said about Rasmus Ristolainen. Said he doesn't think Ristolainen's injury is still hampering him. Adds he'll get another crack at it, although he doesn't confirm if it will, if it will be tomorrow. So Risto is in the doghouse right now with Torts, and that is that's rough for him. Uh, it's kind of nice for us as Flyers fans that aren't really appreciators of Rasmus Ristolainen's game because, you know, it's like what we've been trying to say is I don't really see what he's doing well out there. And right now the coach is agreeing with us. Sure is a good thing he's under contract through 2027, Steve. Boy, howdy is it. 5.1 million a year. You have to love it. This is the thing. It's it's a sick joke. He's being he's being paid as a competent like a competent second pair defenseman and he's in the doghouse, he's being healthy scratched and for John Tortorella to come out and say he'll get a crack another quote unquote another crack at it. He's not his contract isn't the contract of a player who gets another crack at it. Someone with that contract better be in the lineup every night. And this is, it's just, it goes back once again to show just how blasphemous that contract was to give to Ristolainen. I don't know what the hell Chuck Fletcher was thinking. And it's, it, there's literally nothing good has come out of it at all. All it has done is, is kind of, just destroy the Flyers' ability to do anything cap-wise, and um, it's going to continue fucking them over for the next several years. And now that he's being, he's in the doghouse, he's being healthy scratched. Maybe who knows? Maybe him being healthy scratched, he'll turn his game around and he'll become good. Could you imagine that? It's not going to happen. But like, who knows? You never, <laughs> you never know. But like, I think if anybody's going to crack the code to teaching. Risto how to be good defensively it would be John Tortorella who is a man who has shown that he can develop good defensive systems and again we've discussed this before the man has all the physical tools to be a good defenseman right he's huge he can we know he can pass and skate and shoot right like he can do all that he just can't do it (laughs) he can do it but he can't do it he's just bad at hockey he's not a good hockey player like Listen, there are some things that he does well, like, you know, laying very mid hits on people that earn themselves hit compilations for no reason. Um, He's great at that. Boom. And like, there goes the boom. He does do every once in a while. He'll like do something offensively, but like it's, he's just not overall. He's just not even close to the contract he has. He probably should be a seventh defenseman on a lot of teams, honestly. Like, he's, it's just the whole thing. I would be even fine with a third pair defenseman. A third pair defenseman is fine. Yeah. Somebody who can be sheltered by, I don't know, like a, a Cam York or somebody, you know, somebody right. who can move the puck or something. I, I don't really know. I wish he just did one thing particularly well. I wish he just, you know, would lay guys out and clear the crease. I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but like, just do that and I'll be happier. Okay. I'll be a happier camper if you do that. But like, it's good to see at least somebody in management is seeing the issues that we see out there because we don't see him making smart plays on defense. We don't see him positioning himself well. And there's this insane part of the fan base that firmly believes that he's fantastic and we're all idiots. And this at least makes me think I'm not taking crazy pills. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. He is kind 
like, how can you watch the Toronto game from the other night and say that he's worthy of being in the lineup? That was a horrific game. Now, granted, Travis Sanheim didn't play well either that game. They were both not good. But Ristolainen is just... At least Travis Sanheim has redeeming qualities in his game. Ristolainen doesn't have anything that is redeeming. Like, he's just a, a, a subpar defenseman. And yep. when you're not playing well, you should get scratched. And now he is. And... Frankly, I hope this lasts a while because he's just, he's not, from what we've seen of him, he's just not worthy of even really being in the lineup. And if he is, he's a third pair defenseman, maybe 14 minutes a game if he's lucky. Being paid five plus million yep. a season. Five million. That, a that's season. the thing. If, if, if Torts can figure out how to make him into just a decent NHL defenseman, I will be happy with that. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want him to be a decent NHL defenseman. Okay. I know they're not all going to be number ones or whatever. Your middle pair guy, I just need you to be pretty good. Okay. If you can at least get to Justin Braun's level, I'll be happy. And see, that's the thing. Like Justin Braun, like he's a useful defenseman. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't do much, but like the things he does do, I mean, he's pretty good defensively. Like he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Um, he's a very like safe defenseman, which is fine. I'm cool with that. But like Ristolainen like actively hurts the team. And at some point those yeah. blemishes need to be cleared up. And it's just, that's just not happening. I think Charlie was like tweeting out their record with and without Ristolainen this year. And it was a night and day difference. And uh, Carter Hart, listen, that young man needs every bit of help he can get out there because they are just letting up shots like crazy right now. And as you're saying, it's not sustainable. I don't want to see him get hurt or anything. So they really need to tighten up on defense and just, I I don't want to root against this guy. I want Tortorella to figure out how to make him better as a hockey player. I really want this to work somehow. Yeah, no, I, and I think again, like this is the first year of, I, I think a several year project with Tortorella. I think this oh yeah this year is gonna be rough um i know right now like record wise the flyers are like in the thick of it but they're not because they suck and so um it, you know maybe in a couple of years things will start to take shape more and it'll things will make a little more sense but right now it's just a big jumbled mess that carter hart is doing everything in his power to to just He's 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 putting lipstick on a pig right now. <laughs> yes, he's doing it's everything. True. It's true. He's doing everything he can, and they just they don't give him scoring support. They don't. They're just letting up shots like crazy. But hey, uh, keep up the good work, Carter Hart. But maybe not too good. <laughs> um, real quick, and this is off topic. Uh, that that little phrase, "lipstick on a pig," is ridiculous because I find all pigs very endearing. Is that right? Yeah. Have you ever seen like super like fat whiskery pigs that just are caked in mud? I mean, yeah, but I'd still pet them. <laughs> and I'd eat, I'd eat them too. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Why not? <laughs> Give me some of that bacon. But the lipstick's not going to make the bacon taste any better. No, not at all. Fuck that lipstick. Just give no. me. Yeah. <laughs> that lipstick. <laughs> Oh, no putting lipstick on this pig. I'll say that much. No. But uh, our, our final topic of the night, speaking of lipstick and pigs, I don't know if actually this applies here, but the, the Ottawa Senators, <laughs> a, just a uh, horrendously run franchise for the past decade or so, is up for sale because their their owner died. He did. In the past few months. And, he did. You know, we're real torn up about that one because uh, Melnick was just a bastion of stuff he was yeah this guy folks not the best guy folks let me tell you but the senators are up for sale so let's all cobble our pennies together and buy the senators together so that we can build claude Giroux a good hockey team and win him a cup and make claude happy 
And he deserves all the happiness, Steve. I think we can all agree. Any rational person can agree. And if you don't, you can turn the fucking show off. And when I say that, I mean don't, because we need. Please don't. The playback. We need all the clicks. We need the clicks so we can get paid money. Give me the clicks. Give me the clicks. Tell your the, friends. The, the senators join. Tell your friends. The Senators are one of a couple sports franchises up for sale right now because the uh, the Washington Commanders are also up for sale. At, at least they're going through the preliminary process of starting all that because Daniel Snyder is basically being forced out by the NFL owners after having to deal with his shit for, for forever at this point. And that makes me horrendously sad because he's been a terrible owner of the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. And... I don't, the last thing I want to see is have him have somebody competent come in there. It doesn't, you know, his hands off, hires good people as a stable organization. Yeah. Nobody wants that in the division. Couldn't be me. No, I don't want that. No, no. But the, the senators are for sale. And the there's one big name that I've seen associated with them come up. And that's actor Ryan Reynolds uh, of RIPD fame, by the way, folks, just to tie that into the, the fly purbly yeah. uh, tie in right there, but <laughs> which I watched today, I'm going to talk about on a future episode. I finally watched RIPD and uh, that was a movie. I bet it was. I still have to watch it. I still have no idea. Well, yeah, here's my review. You don't. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll talk about that on a future episode, maybe next week. But Ryan Reynolds is reportedly interested. He uh, just bought that soccer team with Rob McElhenney uh, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And they made a whole TV show about it and everything. So, you know, Ryan Reynolds interested in the Senators. And we've all talked about getting Comcast out of Philadelphia. So, how do we get Rob McElhenney to by the Philadelphia Flyers. You get David Boreanaz in on it. How about Miles Teller? I don't know if he even likes the Flyers. I know he loves the Phillies. Will Smith, Meek Mill, Questlove, Bradley Cooper, Hall and Oates. Let's just get every, the chicken guy. Let's get them all in. I was on about the to say, you, have, you can't forget about the chicken guy. I think we don't know much about, about his annual income. So what if no, he's just he a could be rich or he could be poor? He could be either way. He could be very poor. He's likely very poor, but there's also there's also so a very I. strong possibility. Well, maybe not strong, but there's also a very slim possibility that he could be a closeted billionaire. What if he's trying to buy the Senators? It's true. Or the Flyers. Mm. Mm. That's true. Imagine if he bought Well, the if that's the case, then Chicken Man, come and be quigs, on show. you and me, we'll all take over ownership of the flyers and run the franchise further into the ground away from glory. I'm not even kidding. Like if you're listening and you know, the chicken guy, please DM us. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I'm actually dead I'm almost serious. scared. I want that guy on the show. I will talk you want to the chicken guy on the show. You want the chicken man. The last thing we talk about is the flyers. Will you drive up and go to the, the pier behind the Walmart and I'll bring my mic and we'll interview him on the we'll pier We'll do a live show. We'll do a live show out there. We'll video it. I will drive go. up to Philly. I'm going to be up in Philly this coming weekend for Claude Giroux's revenge game. <laughs> like, I will be in Philadelphia. It's a, it's a matinee game, so the game's going to end. It's The sun's going to be – well, I was going to say it's going to be light up, but no, it's not because the sun sets at like 3 p.m. now, but like – um, Live fly purpley from the pier at Walmart with the chicken man yeah. and Gavin Giroux. And <laughs> that would be so fly purpley. It would be the most fly purpley flype ever. Oh, and you know, our friend the rat's going to be there because there, I'm sure there's a ton of rats that live around the area. Oh, yeah, we're going to be beer behind the Walmart. The whole crew is going to be there. Steve. But the important. The important thing to remember, folks, that is that if we do put this together, it's not a party. It's not a party. It's this is not a party. It's an, for educational it's educational. Purposes. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's as good a note. This is a weird show. As we, yeah, like this is a great episode, but this is a weird episode. <laughs> That's the best ones. The best ones it are really the weirdest is. ones. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, I had, like I was just that. recalling the other day because somebody on Twitter had sent me the story where Eddie Van Halen had driven up to Fred Durst's house in an assault vehicle and put a gun to his head. 
because he wanted uh, something back. And I was like, oh, no, I've just talked about the story on the show before. <laughs> Craig, Craig and I discussed it back in 2020. And <laughs> it was a, a fantastic story. The one where Eddie Van Halen drove up and put a gun to Fred Durst's head to get like his, his equipment back. To his defense, I'd probably put a gun to Fred Durst's head as well. <laughs> Unprovoked. Oh, you know, you just you just keep rolling, rolling, rolling through life. <laughs> that was that was good. Yep, that was very yep, well yep, done. Yep, folks, if you have any feedback, the best place for now, for now, we're gonna see what happens because it's already getting bad. Is Twitter dot com dot org dot edu dot ca dot musk dot disaster. <laughs> Dot parody. You got to start putting parody in everything now because they'll delete it. Otherwise, right. fucking stupid. Oh, my God. Dumbest smart man of all time. Uh, Quiggs, where can people find you on the Twitter and what do you got to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Um, I am officially like able to write a lot more stories, um, going to a lot more Flyers games. I'm in the press oh, wow. box this coming weekend. Um, if you want something... Give me your idea. Give me what, what do you want to see written for Broad Street Hockey? Um, I'm obviously we're doing a lot of like features and game recaps and stuff, but like if you have some ideas for some stories, DM me at me, whatever the hell you want to do, let me know, and uh, I would love to get working on it. There's I'm I'm excited to be like really kind of um, contributing a lot more now that I have like the time and availability to do to do so. So. Um, yeah, tell me what you want to write about. It could be serious. It could be the dumbest fucking thing of, of all time, and I will write it. So just send the send the uh, recommendations or whatever the hell you want to do, and uh, we'll go from there. So, yeah, I'm excited to hear what you guys think. Good shit. That's Ryan Quiggs. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb if it's for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. We're on other social medias too, like Instagram and all that, so go find us there. And that's all we got. I am running rapidly out of steam. Folks, thanks so much for listening. As I said before, go out and vote if you're listening to this on Tuesday. For the love of God, please vote. Need every vote. It's going to be a tight one. And in the words of the great Gene Hart, until next time, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.